Hello, diary listeners. This is going to be like a mild sound check real quick. I just want to want to see before I go too far whether or not we're on the right page sound-wise. So let's listen. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. that wasn't the smoothest uh entry but things are not really that smooth right now I gotta be honest this this podcast is morphing in a lot of odd ways for me I've never done this by the way guys uh last week I recorded a podcast on Tuesday and I released it Tuesday now I I I pushed it even further and uh this is all coming at you fresh this Wednesday I believe it's the 21st um yeah, I, it's weird because I, I think it's like anything else. I, I really wanted a podcast and I had no idea how to do it. I figured just do it and do it as best as you can and just keep scaling. And that's what this, this whole thing has been for me throughout, throughout, I, I think it's like four years now almost that I've been doing this and, um, I think it's like any art form, man. You, uh, you, you started out, you start exploring, you stay safe. And I, when I mean safe is like, you get the judgments of people who are closest to you first, you get their involvement, involvement first, and then you scale from there. I think I'm still in a, in a scaling phase where I really want to, you know, uh, play with this medium more and more and find my style. It's been a really big thing that before I I start trying to really bring people into the podcast uh, in, a, in a way that would be like paying for advertising or anything like that, that it has some rhythm to it. I mean, of course, in the beginning, I gave myself an out raw to refined. I, I'm still really raw. I mean, four years in, but see, that's the point, and that's what I've been saying. If you haven't caught this podcast all the way from the beginning, if you're new to the show, the whole premise of this show was to be was to be a moving diary, a moving art form itself where you could kind of see somebody work it out because what I realized as I, I started this was that we were in an environment where things were changing. The way that people get into what they are doing was changing. We were in this huge shift uh, with with the internet and what it was, you know, tool-wise, how it was moving. There's so many different ways to run your business now. And and it was it was shifting and it it was shifting quickly. And so one thing that I, I felt like it was necessary was to very much so show people kind of the messy ways that everybody went about getting where they were 
and illustrating that it's okay. It's okay to be messy. It's okay to not know. It's okay to to just jump into something uh, fueled and spawned purely by your passion. Um, but that if you're going to do it, and especially if you're going to be like me, where you do it in a very stubborn way, I guess I'd say, <laughs> if you're, if you're going to hold on to a lot of a lot of particulars about how you're going to go about something, you really, you really have to expect that it's going to move rather slowly. Um, and that you're not going to scale right away. It's, it's harder to do that. Obviously, if you can get investors involved in your idea, that can scale your vision a lot quicker. But there's a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice to every choice that you make about building something in this world right now. And I think for a lot of us, you know, we're, we're really just trying to figure out how to do it and how to do it in the most economic, fulfilling, true way. And that we don't get involved in something that, you know, five years, ten years from now, we're really going to look back and be like, man, I really wish I wouldn't have done that because um, that's a sucky place to be. Um, so I, I think that that's a big part of the energy in the air right now. And I can admit to it to myself that that's, that's where I'm at too. And I think coming to you all today and kind of just being the kind of person who's willing to be flawed out in the open for everybody is refreshing. Um, it has been for me, I know. I, I know in my experience, the more that I share with other people and the more that I hear from other people, the more I realize that I'm, I'm really no different, that we're all kind of doing this together and we're all experiencing the same... the same shit. It's different. It's different nuances to the same shit, but it's the same shit, which by the way, I'm going to offer this for anybody who doesn't know the origin origins. I, I, I think I had heard this before, but it was reaffirmed this weekend at church. And I figured I'd share this little ditty with you. Does everybody know the origins of the word shit, how it, how it got to be, I'm about to tell you. So back in the day, they used to transport actual manure poop for fertilizer and things like that. And when they would, they would transport it in the beginning, they, they parked it in the bottom of the ship. Well, what would happen is because of the chemical composition of of actual poop, um, if it gets hot, it builds pressure and it'll explode. So what would happen is as they kept these, you know, crates filled with manure, fertilizer, down in the lower part of the bowels of the ship, it would get really warm and, and it would explode. So what they did eventually was move the containers up to the upper part of the ship so it could get air and so it wouldn't get too hot. And what shit actually represents, it's an acronym for ship 
high in transit. And then after a while, you know, the, the, the actual boatmen who would actually cart this stuff from here and there, they ended up just calling it shit because it was, it was the acronym for ship high in transit. So if anybody didn't know that, now you know. Fun little fact um, that I learned this weekend. And I want, I want to think there was one more origin story that I found out from my good friend Neil at church, but it's, it's escaping right now. But, but that was organic, like me saying shit and then, <laughs> which I, I said I would not cuss as much on this show. I'm, I'm trying to regulate my amount of times that I actually use lewd, lewd uh, language, um, because, you know, it, it, it puts people off. It limits the crowd. Uh, sometimes it can be something that, that people find unintelligent. But I, I do think that it's a nice spice to any kind of conversation as if, like, you know, you can throw in a little zinger right there. Like, if you think about, if you think about communication in terms of food and savory, you know, it's that little bit of heat to the conversation that kind of picks it up a little bit. That I that I I appreciate anyway. Uh, I know it limits my audience to younger people as far as how people want to expose younger people, and that's very purposeful. Just because I think this is a conversation always that is a little bit above the age range of someone who you know, is not an adult. I feel like every conversation I, I tend to have is on more of an adult level. Doesn't mean that I can't, within directly talking to a child, monitor that. It just means that if I am to speak about something, it usually comes from a perspective of a, a 40-some-year-old person, which... I guess kind of leads into the topic of this week, if there is a topic. I mean, I don't really know how much I'm going to talk to y'all this week. I might, this might be a shorter episode. We all know how I can ramble on for hours, um, but, and which actually I have a new listener, um, a friend, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. If you listen, um. He, he has been listening and he said, man, you know, I, he, he DM'd me on Twitter and said, you can really talk for a long time, uh, free form to yourself <laughs> and I'll offer to you guys what I offered to him. My little, my little secret. I have regularly complete conversations with myself in my car to and from work every single day. Um, it's sometimes it's just me figuring out my feelings about things and really talking them through and, and kind of waging war with my own mind. Sometimes it's like I'm trying to deliver information and I'm trying to replay and, and think of the best way to put it out there and watch my brain. Like, it's really weird. It's like me letting myself just go un unfettered and see what comes out and then kind of watching my I'm I'm drilling. I'm basically drilling conversation as I do it or this is even crazier guys. 
if I'm having a conflict with someone in my life, what I do first is I'll play their role. Like I'll, I'll put myself in their role and try to think of how they're seeing things and what kind of arguments they're going to make for their position. And I'll totally have like a, like a, like, it's like somebody playing chess with themselves. That's what I'll do. (laughs) I'll play, I'll play verbal chess with myself in the car. And up until Bluetooth was a thing, I just looked completely insane. In fact, one of my good friends, Sunil, back, back when we lived in Baltimore, um, he lived in a high rise and I was walking to his apartment one day to go visit him and he saw me on the streets and he was like, honey, who were you talking to down there? Cause I, I can see you as you're approaching my building. I'm so far up that I can actually see you as you approach. It looked like you were having a conversation and who were you talking to? And I said, oh, Oh, I was, I was talking to myself and he was like, what? He's like, it looked like you were really getting into it. I said, oh, I was, I, I, I get really passionate about talking to myself. In retrospect, it was probably the thing that kept people from engaging me on the street was they were like, this woman's freaking insane. And you know what guys, uh, the, the jury's still out. I, 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 I've, I, I might be, you know, but this is the, uh, this is what I do in order to be able to sit here and talk to you guys for long periods of time is that I drill it over and over again. Um, my ability to have free form communication. I want to do that because I want to be a better communicator. I feel like if you want to do anything, you drill it, you drill it over and over again. And that's what I do. Um, some people, you know, they use their car rides to listen to music, you know, because that's what soothes their soul is, you know, like just kind of listening to music, having a good cry or a good laugh or a good, you know, jam session or, you know, pre-fight hype kind of thing. Me, I got to run myself out. Like I, I have to mentally run myself out. I think before I can interact with a conversation um, and interact with a, a problem is that I kind of got to de-escalate my mind a bit and go through all the different variables on a personal level before I meet the person and or meet the topic and really just try to break it down in a way that I think is um, understandable, clear, and can be seen as clear from any angle. And that's the only way I can do it is, is to challenge my own brain as I process things. And I, I highly recommend it. If anybody, you know, if anybody's going into a situation or if you have a lot of anxiety about confrontations, uh, which is normal because nobody likes, nobody likes a confrontation. Nobody likes having to have problems in this world. But, um, you know, it's, it's not possible, at least that I've seen, no matter who you are in this world to not run into conflict. 
of some kind of, of measure and to have to confront issues. I think it's really necessary to find the thing that can like scale you so that you can meet people and come to any conversation on, on even ground. And for me, in order for me to not be emotional, I've got to, I've got to talk with myself. It's also something that I've defaulted to because I, I realize that there's a lot of privacy that's involved in things. And I, in certain instances, I'll use my friends or I'll use even my clients as like a soundboard for just like, hey, you know, given that there's a conflict going on here and given that you can only know my part in this, what do you think about this and get their views? Um, but it just helps kind of chill me out. I'm like a little chihuahua that doesn't get enough get enough exercise, I think, you know, like mentally, that if like, if I have to attack something in the moment, it, it might not be my best because I'm going to react very emotionally and from a place of just being hit sideways. Now I'm getting better and better with communication. If, if it was physical, I probably would just, I would probably... <laughs> I would cheat a lot. I would go for really dirty, dirty plays just to get out of it. Um, but if you if you want to kind of practice like a de-escalation before you, before you, you know, come to a confrontation, you know, you give yourself some space before you have uh, a meet up with somebody that's supposed to be tackling a particular a particular confrontation which is always ideal if you can give it space enough so that everybody can gather their thoughts. But if you have anxiety prior, I highly recommend using the time in your car to your benefit. If you're like me and you have like a, you know, like a half hour to yourself where you can just go off, highly recommend that. Um, and if you got long hair like me, or if you wear a hat or something and you know, it, it covers your ears. You can claim, like, if somebody says, hey, you, you know, I saw you in your car, you were talking to somebody, who were you talking to? You could just say, oh, I, you know, I was on my Bluetooth. <laughs> or you can just be like me and come right off of it. I always go with the truth because I feel like, like I said at the top, the more that I, the more that I'm open and honest with everyone, the more I think that everybody feels connected with each other and feels better about themselves and the weird things that they do. And there's less, there's less hesitancy to, I think, go after the things that we really want, you know, because if you, if you really want it, there's all these little what ifs in your head that could happen that keep you from doing it. And confrontation's no different in, in a verbal kind of way, you know, in a speaking way. I think a lot of times, I know this from my own personal experience, I would get so upset and so worried about losing a person or, you know, th this being the end and, and wanting so badly to control the outcome of certain things that I would, I, it would almost be like I wouldn't want 
I wouldn't want to do it. Like I wouldn't want to engage the conflict because I was thinking, you know, pick your battles. Is this really something worth fighting? And, you know, but in, in the background, it was just like, it always seemed like it had to be so much effort. And now, you know, that I've had this ritual of just kind of de-escalating my brain a little bit before I go into something, I find that I'm able to assess what's happening in a moment-to-moment basis and be calm and just listen clearly to what's being told to me and react in that moment to the variable that's presented and just really go back and forth and take it moment to moment instead of instead of just being paralyzed at the start thinking all this stuff that that may not happen and it's the same with this podcast you know I started it like I said almost four years ago it's been a wild thing it's it's the only diary that I've ever kept consistently my entire life I really wanted to do it. I really love podcasting as a medium. I'm I'm probably never going to shut up. And I I don't think I should really. And again, I don't think it's hubris. I think it's just that illustrating to people um, that you don't need to be perfect to get in the game. You just got to get in the game and you got to put your best forward and, and regularly submit yourself to the suck of it, no matter what situation it might actually present for yourself. If you really, really want it, it should be, it should be something you're willing to do. It's something that you are going to keep doing no matter what happens. And, and I think that's how you, you kind of figure out what's, what's worth your time and energy. Excuse me, guys, I'm, I had a little bit of a, a tickle in my throat. But on that, you know, we're getting to this podcast Wednesday, which is way later than I'd like to. I, I like to get to the podcast or have it published um, Monday morning. But I, I really want the content to be valuable for you guys, and I don't want to just talk at you for no reason I want to give you insights of the week that I had prior, particularly now that this is, this is more personal and I think it needs to be more personal right now just so that I can, so that I can, I can show you guys who you're listening to and why you're listening to me. I've heard lots of different things from different people, you know, um, be, be more brief, you know, I'm trying, I would like to be more brief. Um, my laughter is very loud, so I have to like run the diagnostics of, of my audio engineering to make sure that I'm not blowing your eardrums out every time I laugh. People like it. They, they come for that laugh, but it, it, and if you're listening, it can go really high above my normal speaking voice, which also I've gotten really good insights for people like my voice, which again, that was one of the things that kind of held me back from, from doing this is because most of the time when you're listening to yourself, you don't like your voice. It's, you find a lot of flaws. It's something you have to get over right away. That kind of, ugh, you know, why do I do it like this? Kind of embrace your style, embrace your, your brand of whatever. 
But I, I, I guess the overall scope of this week was, and it was hard. It was hard to come to because there was a lot of little incidences that happened throughout the week. But I think overall, what I think the the biggest, the biggest uh, point is for me is this really interesting transitional period that I'm in where I'm not tattooing a lot and I'm taking the time to invest in some other things that I feel like need my attention greatly. I have friends that are suffering right now in, in ways that nobody wants uh, and they, they, need, they need some time. I feel like my art is shifting. I'm really, really, really enjoying woodworking and being called to doing some sculptural mediums. I really, I'm really attracted to it. I love the wood that I've already worked with. I love the Dremel tool. Uh, I'm, I'm finally, as you guys saw on my most recent post, finally using, uh, proper safety to make sure that I'm not hurting myself, though I will say my mask yesterday really made it impossible for my safety glasses to fully, fully go on my face. So I think I'm going to need different safety glasses moving ahead. If it's just the safety glasses, those were fine. But I think I need more goggles because goggles would like encapsulate my face. So I'd really look like a crazy person afterwards. But there's so much dust and debris that comes from Dremel tooling that you really either you need a constant fan like blowing in a certain direction away from you or probably and uh, just just equipment that can keep your your eyes and your your breathing um from being impinged by that but i, I i'm feeling this massive everyone pull away from tattooing and it's not that I'm going to stop tattooing. I, I just, for the past, ever since COVID, I've been feeling like this, this need to reorganize. And I don't think I'm alone. This has happened to everybody to reassess and to make some, make some changes that are going to be significant moving ahead. Now it's taken, I mean, it's been, it's been, four years, you know, almost. And I, you know, it, it, it's not something that's been easy because I truly love, I truly love tattooing. I know why I come to it. And, you know, I, I put out this podcast and I try to very much so put out with all of the people that I tattoo um, basically, I, I don't know how else to put it, but, but little tattoo influencers who can help, help direct other people's tattoo experiences in a very good way. You know, most of my clients, once they've experienced me and once they understand why I organize things the way I do, they're so grateful and they're usually ruined to go to anyone else. They, they usually are like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to get tattooed by anyone else. It hurts my heart a little bit because there's so much, there's so much talent out there and there's so, 
there's such beautiful, beautiful tattoo work that I know that if people didn't have the trepidation about how to work with people and all the different issues that arise when working with people, I know that, that tattooing would be a lot more prevalent. Um, but there's, there's so much potential conflict that can happen within a tattoo uh, commission that I think that people get really scared about that. And once, once they speak with me, they're like, Oh, you know, like this person is, you know, fully, you know, fully in this. I feel comfortable. I, I feel confident that I can speak my mind and they're not going to chew my head off. Like there's a, there's a good collaboration once we get past those initial jitters. And once we've worked together once, you got to get over that hump first. And I, I think during COVID for me, that initial hump was really uh, hard because I had been rocked. I had been traumatized and I, <laughs> I needed recovery time from, from my own things that happened to me and, and, re and come back to tattooing in a way that I think is grounded. Now that I'm coming back grounded, I'm realizing that I, I've noticed just this, how do I, how do I voice this without casting any blame? Cause I don't want to blame. This is, this is something I see a lot on, on professional forums where it's like, it's like one piece of the puzzle or the, the collaboration is blaming the other piece instead of, instead of managing, I think their end of, of the, the dynamic, I think it's really common for people to vilify the other half, the part that they can't control and say, well, if only you had done this or you had done that. And within like a, a business relationship to put that on your client, I see that we're doing it more and more and I just think it's crazy. So, so the message for the day, I think, is that I'm, I'm noticing an inversion that's happening in our culture that I am going to declare right here and now, I'm not going to do. We're in a state where I think people are being rewarded for doing things that are not virtuous, that are not good. And I, I think that the reason why is because we keep habitually doing things that are not, are not providing for an eventual future that we want. I think that, that what we're doing is putting, putting band-aids on much bigger issues and thinking that if we just do little things that somehow that that'll, that'll change the dynamic or we're just, we're kind of, we're kind of suppressing, uh, our energy for the moment and, and carrying on and doing the same thing over and over thinking that it's going to get better over time. The more we ignore certain things that are really, really problematic. What COVID and 2020 did for me was make me aware that 
a lot needed to change. And like, again, I know that I'm not alone on that, but a lot needed to change. And I, I saw unequivocally this inversion that I'm speaking of where at least as far as my perspective is in this 40, almost 42 year old body is that we've thrown out all common sense. Like it's, it's really, it's really amazing to me. And I, I, I think it, I think from observing everything and observing, uh, how people have lived, been living again, I can't overly blame anything except for just call attention to it and decide what I'm going to do in it. So I guess that's what this podcast is going to be about is kind of isolating what I see as the inversion and letting you guys know how I'm going to move forward within it. So I can tell you a lot of things that I've heard from people in terms of a lot of things. How, how, how do you, how do you get a podcast or, or what's the best thing to do with podcasts? Well, you know, going back to the whole, be, br- be briefer, you know, like try to, try to think of ways that you can, you can quantify what you have to say in less time, less words. Well, yeah, I guess that's fine. If what I'm hoping to do is get famous on TikTok. Sure. I guess that's fine if I want to appeal to a lot of younger people who, as far as I can tell, uh, think they know it all. And that's, that's young people in general. That's nothing new with this generation. That's just young people. But I, I have some things to share with them that require the time. There's no amount of what I can give anyone uh, that that isn't going to require time for them to understand the, the validity of it. So what I'm going to do is is really value some things that I think are necessary. I'm not going to be brief because if I can't be brief, and thoroughly discuss something the way I feel good about, then I, I, I might as well not do it at all, right? Like, I might as well not do it at all. I do have things to say, and I think most of us do. And I think more of us need to say it. More of us need to communicate. The current world around is that you need to shut up and accept and swallow. Well, that's going to cause a lot of massive problems, folks. It's going to cause, I, I believe it causes cancer. I believe that, that just sucking things up and swallowing, you know, stress, it, it does incredible, incredible disservices to our bodies. It really, really does. And it, it makes it so that our body wages war on itself and, and releases a lot of crap that's really, really bad, really, really, really bad into our system. Okay. Part of the mission of this podcast is to share really awesome people with all of you. So go check out Eden Health. 
This is my friend John Simmons' company. Through it, he does acupuncture, nutrition, microneedling, light therapy, but it doesn't stop there, everyone. <laughs> like it's, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge and I welcome all of you to meet him, go talk to him, reach out to him. You can find him at EdenHealthMD.com. Back to our podcast. And, uh, you know, we don't digest food correctly. All of it. All of it. It has such amazing systemic problems just in, you know, like not not confronting something that, that might take confrontation. And I think the more that we swallow and swallow and swallow, the more it's going to eventually explode into something that we really, really, really don't want. And that's been, that's been the nature of this week. I've had family that has been in the hospital. I've had friends that are going through really rough times, uh, with their, with their, their health. Myself, I, I had a, a fender bender this week. It was really stupid. I was rushing. I didn't even need to be rushing. But this is why I'm not going to rush. This is why I'm not going to be brief is because I know my mode is slow and steady. Slow and steady, measured, giving myself little allowances. But I didn't do that earlier this week on Monday. I, in a moment where I just thought, oh, I should go this different direction, I changed course right away. And because of it, I tried to very quickly squeeze between two cars to let another car by on my, on my little block here where this, the roads are very, very tight. And I scraped the whole front bumper of this girl's car. And I'm, I'm sad that, that I did it, but once it was done, it was done. Um, you know, I, I left a note for her. I went on to my appointment that I really needed for my own health and well-being. And with John, my friend John Simmons, I was getting um, acupuncture done. Again, everyone, I'm going to, his uh, his uh, shop, I'm shouting out on this podcast so everybody knows to find him. He's very, 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 very good and very knowledgeable. Um, the other acupuncturist that I see uh, on, an, on an in-and-out basis is Luke Pritchard. He's also another fantastic one. I think if you you interchange both of them, you you just you're gonna be a lot happier. Um, Luke is is in Westminster, Maryland, and and John is in uh, Hunt Valley area. Both phenomenal. Both I would highly recommend. But yeah, I I scratched a car, and I was thinking to myself, man, you know. This really sucks. This is the last thing I wanted. But you know, you just you just roll into it. You can't you can't do with anything about it. You just gotta you just gotta tackle it. So as soon as I got back home, I was hoping that the car was still parked where it was. It wasn't. It had left and I was like, oh man. And then I checked my my messages and sure enough the owner of the car was there and I called her back and she's lovely. And I, I think we're going to have a very easy rapport 
and she's actually dating somebody who lives in my neighborhood. So it's great because at the end of the day, maybe all this came down to I needed to know this person or I needed to learn a lesson from this experience. I certainly learned the lesson of of not rushing around like a maniac and just calling whoever I might be late for, like John, for example, calling him and just being like, hey, bro, I'm, I'm going to be a little late, which <laughs> I got to my appointment like 15 minutes early. So there was literally no need for the actions that I took. It was just... It was just getting crazy and doing something, you know, in a rushed way that was completely not necessary. And so I think from that point on, I was like, don't rush it, Amy. You know, like, just take the time. You're on a good path. Everything's going to be fine. Just breathe, you know, manage it. You know, I had I had these little loose ends that kept happening all week and all it required was little conversations here and there just to keep the ball rolling, just to manage it, and just breathing. I think what happens to us is that we we feel such urgency to act now or to not ask for time or, or any of it that we end up not confronting certain very, very, very difficult problems that need tackling sooner than later. And so for today and for the rest of this week, which I don't have tattoo appointments, I'm going to spend the time organizing my home, going and kind of ticking some boxes off that I have watched kind of pile up around me, really get ready for the rest of the summer, uh, and, and hit, hit the, the fall and going into, um, this next year, 2024, a lot more organized, a lot more grounded. I, you know, on the spiritual front, y'all know that I'm, I'm doing great. You know, I'm going to church every week. I'm really just so, so, so grateful for this awesome, awesome connection with God. I, I, it's, it's, I mean, I don't, I know you guys keep coming back and keep hearing the same thing, but if you can get closer with God, do it. Do it. It is miraculous how it changes your life. It's really, really, really awesome. There has never been so much chaos and crazy going on in the world around me, at least that I've been aware of in my entire life. And yet, the level of peace and calm and serenity that I feel it's just astounding. It's, it's, it really is the best thing in the world. And I can't, I can't recommend it enough. That's all I'm going to say. That's really helping me because it's helping me process, I, I think, my part to play in all these things. What, what I should hold myself accountable for within all of these interactions. And when you, when you, I would think, I don't know, but I would think that when you practice a religion, or it's not even a religion, maybe religious action, when you, when you create habits about your life that are regular and consistent, I think that what it, what it breeds is a certain grounding 
and a certain ability to process the kind of information that comes into you and whether or not A, you want to do something about it and B, you can do anything about it and then what can you do? You know, where where do you lie within it? Throughout all of this, I've I've realized my part to play in a lot of in a lot of you know, the dynamics of my life. Um, I, I feel, you know, for anybody that's a client of mine or who's waiting to get in with me, this, this place in my life right now, I know is going to make me that much better when I finally reintegrate in a big way into society. And I think the, the, the efforts in this space is really going to mean so much as I try to reintegrate back in. Um, but there's a new rhythm. There's a new rhythm that needs to take place in my life that, that can't be so work focused. It has to, has to, has to have time for family, time for healing, time for reflection. It's just time. Like, I cannot stress it enough, folks. If you have the opportunity in your life to take time, take it. I think that I think that that's the big message is that, you know, slow and steady wins the race. That is a euphemism that has gone on for a really long time. And it's quite amazing to me that there's been an inversion where people are like, no, you know, spit it to me quickly. You know, I only have five seconds, except for that five seconds ends up being an hour spent watching five second videos on TikTok. So, you know, we, we have, we have to learn to manage our time and I'm, I'm no different, but I think that that's, that's the thing right now is that this inversion, like I said, you know, uh, not to get political, but we just saw a true criminal. It's proof. There's proof of a true criminal, Hunter Biden, get completely pardoned by his father. <laughs> so what that says to me is, is that people are getting rewarded for doing really shady stuff right now shit if you if you will um and you know uh, if if we don't if we don't keep certain value systems integral and unmovable and if we don't as a society come together on some very big points, the consequence of that is going to be complete and utter anarchy. And I know, I know I, I mean, sorry for the long pause. I, I know that I am now in God's grace and I have that. So that's the only, that's the only comfort. It's a big comfort, but the rest, I, I, I have no, 
I have no control. I mean, I have my part to play, but I, I can't control. And I am really at the mercy of what other people dictate. You know, when COVID happened, everybody was like, we got to do this. We got to, we're in this together. Well, yeah, I, we are. Uh, but if you don't recognize how we're in this together and recognize that everybody has their place and everybody has their part to play and everybody does matter, you can't just, you cannot determine who is and isn't essential in life in life and we we are having that happen right now like the powers that be are flipping everything on its butt right now and i don't think that there's any one party that is doing it more than the other i think i think the nature of politics is to basically convince all of us that we need these people and we don't we don't need these people um what we need is, I think, connection with each other. I think we have to keep trying for each other. I do think we have to have the perspective of we are all in this together because at this stage we are. We are. Um, everybody is feeling the pangs of what went down, you know, in 2020. Everyone. I don't think that there is a person that isn't feeling that shift. And I think the way for us to thrive in this landscape is that we're willing to get a little wacky. We're willing to, to try things that we haven't tried in a long time or that people have convinced us is not wise. Because look at what I learned in 2020 was that there's nothing here on earth that is worth my faith. That was potent. That's what it brought me to God. It, it put me on my knees praying. And I truly feel like, I, I mean, I, I can't make this happen for anyone else. I certainly can't. But if more people could accept that there is no power on this planet that is going to look out for you the way a connection with the eternal is going to look out for you. Because I, I truly think that's what we're all searching for. We're looking for love. We're looking for connection. We're looking for peace. And... 2020 made it abundantly clear that I'm not going to find that here on this earth. That this earth is going to break my heart and all the good people in it. And I'm not saying that this is, I think good people are good people, but they still, even in being good, have the capacity to break our hearts because we love them. We love them and we care about them. And with that comes the ability to have, have immense pain. But that's not something to feel hopeless about. I think that that's a calling to reassess, to figure out what kind of things we need to practice moving forward, 
And for me, it's slowing everything down. It's, and even if it means that I lose my life, if that's what it means, then that's what it means. But I, that's a fate that I will meet one way or the other. And it's really important that I not lose my soul while I move in this world, while I'm here. I can't let this world take my soul away. I can't have it crush me because it's it's the thing I have. It's the one thing. And it's it's not mine, really. It's it's God's. And I just know that it the more people that I think come to these kind of awarenesses. I think I feel all of this pushing to this awareness that we need to we need to rise to the occasion of being our best selves. And the future is going to particularly dictate that we do that. And I hope that if you're listening to this podcast that you can take some cues from me that this is this was an ideal, you know, like I'm 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 putting this show out late. There was a lot that happened to me this past week. It was kind of a struggle to understand what to talk about. I mean, honestly, that was part of it. Like, what what, what in this week can I share with people? There were so many personal, intimate moments that I feel wrong about, you know, sharing specifics because, you know, I, I don't want to... I don't, I don't want to start anything for anyone else. I want to keep their privacy and... You know, it's not really necessary that I share all the gory details or all the players, but it is necessary for me to communicate the essence of what this week has unveiled to me. And it's unveiled to me that I need to take the time, slow it down, breathe, assess, love fully. Even even though people have told me, oh, you know, or the world conspires to tell me how I should be, everything inside of me says no. No. That's not what I can be. That's not that's not what I have to give to this world. What I have to give to this world is very particular and I know what it is. It's it's doing what I'm doing right now for all of you. And being a connector. I really think that that's a gift that I have. And the other one is, is interpretation, you know, like being able to break down big concepts and show people things from a perspective that maybe they didn't look at or that the world around them doesn't give them regularly. And in this space where everybody's taking time, and I'm so grateful, guys, that that any of you come back on a regular basis to listen to me it, it's it's it blows my mind honestly and I'm I'm just so grateful but since we're taking the time to slow things down that I can share with all of you maybe something that throughout the rest of the week you can pause for a second and say to yourself okay let me look at this. Where am I in this? What, where's my responsibilities? What do I have to recognize about myself? Uh, What can I do? And, and how can I scale this in a way that's comfortable and, and is still scaling? 
Um, because as it stands right now, you know, uh, I just, I just watched a clip of, um, Tucker Carlson on Twitter and no matter what you feel about Tucker, what he said was very true. You know, like this, this, this whole situation with Hunter Biden, I mean, it would, it pretty much would prove that it's hopeless, that it's, that it's, it's nonsense and it's idiotic to, to be a good person. Because there's, there's literally, from what the highest level of our government can show us, no consequence on this planet for the actions that that man had taken. And it, it just blows my mind with all, all the different things that are said about, especially like, and I don't even think this is fair because it's quantifying a, a very particular group of people and labeling them all under one, one particular flag, which I think is super unfair. But, you know, white males have been super vilified lately. And this is just the freaking cherry on top now, isn't it? Isn't it? Doesn't that just illustrate perfectly what, and, and it's weird because it's what, what that side talks about the most, that side of the political spectrum, you know, that's, that's the kind of rhetoric that they put out the most, this, this racial race war kind of things or the privileged class, but here they are exemplifying that ex exactly. And so, uh, you know, you got to think about what that what that means, what that means. I mean, I don't, I don't think very much has changed about that, but it's never, ever been so abundantly in the open, so abundantly clear than this time right now. Every other time, you know, you had to be sleuthy. We didn't have the internet the way we did. We didn't have alternate media sources. Now we have, now we have this medium, podcasting. So I think it's time for us to really assess our value systems. And I can tell you folks what I have learned. What I have learned is that anything that's going around right now that's popular, pretty much almost every single thing, do the opposite. Do the opposite. You'll be better off. Do the opposite. But don't stop working. Even though it, it, what we have had illustrated for us is that, you know, pretty much there's no point, you know, that you can get away with like crazy treason and, and embezzlement and laundering and <laughs> all this crazy stuff that it, it is possible to, to get away with all of those things. Don't let that I would say, be the measure of what you are capable of. Turn off the noise, the big noise, the, 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 and, and just put the blinders on, focus on the things that you value and really make them matter and think about all the different ways that you can make them matter. And if anything is feeling extraneous in your life, cut it out, man, just cut it out. Because that's what I'm doing. 
And that's what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. I'm going to, I'm going to take this week where I'm not busy. I'm not going to take it getting busier. Uh, I'm going to accomplish some things that have been parked that really need going through in my house. Do some spring cleaning, if you will. But I think that, that this is a calling that goes down to a psychological level as well. And I'm seeing so many people in my life have to go through the same thing. And what I've seen, like I was alluding to just a minute ago, is that the more that I reconnect with everyday people, everyday people that are just trying to get along, we're all, we are all in this together. We don't, I, I think the, the the message right now is that we need to be afraid of each other. You know, if you pay attention to the big noise, everything is telling you that the world's going to shit, hell in a handbasket, there's no point, give up now, don't try, you know, <laughs> just, just, you know, take whatever you can take, whatever you're given and shut up. Don't do any of it, people. Do the opposite. Value what you value. Find meaning where you want there to be meaning. Put put your stakes in something that's very integral to you, very important to you. Find the people that matter. For the people who, who don't matter or who at this time just can't be there for you, you know, think of the most loving way to remove them from your life at this moment. And it doesn't have to be aggressive. I would never recommend people burn bridges unless it was so aggressive that it needed that. You know, take a hold of your life and how you want it to go, what your dreams are, and start making very, very small steps towards it. Slow and steady wins the race and realize that if nobody else is doing it with you, you can always come here, listen to an hour of me ramble on for a week and know that you're not alone, that we're doing this together. And when shit hits the fan, (laughs) I'm going to be there with you, man. Like I'm going to be right there feeling it with you doing stuff, but I'm not going to stop working. I'm not going to give up. I'm not, the more that this world tells me it's not, not worth it to have values and integrity, the more I'm going to have them, the more I'm going to invest in those things and the more that I'm going to buckle down. So that's, that's the nature of this podcast, folks. I really didn't think that I'd have an hour in me, but here we are, you know, that that's it. I also want to share with you guys real quick uh, some shows that I have had on in the background that have been really cool, and I think everybody will really enjoy them. You know, part of this taking time for myself thing has been, um, you know, digest. I'm, I've always been a fan of art. I'm never going to stop being a fan of art. And one of the things that I love is, is you know, movies, TV, film, you know, productions, content, and um, some things that Rico and I have been digesting lately that has been really exciting and really kind of fueling what's next and kind of the creative, you know, 
creative space of like what what are we gonna do um has been these three shows that i think are really cool i'm sure there's more out there but um at present these three shows have been really cool so on roku channel there's two um handcrafted america actually they might all be on roku channel uh i think they're all on roku handcrafted america um is one of them super cool show i mean honestly they don't spend enough time on each creative that's there it it is just staggering the talent that's out there in the world and what people do by hand which is why i'm saying guys don't quick route anything. Just take the time. I mean, if the apprenticeship diaries can teach you anything is that you should take the time and really figure out how to do something the right way and to do it well. I'm telling you guys that Handcrafted America, I, I, I think all these artisans are still out there practicing alive today. I mean, yeah, I don't... Uh, God, I, I, I hope I, I'm sending blessings and love to all these people because they're so inspiring. Each one of them, you know, they hand make the most incredible thing. There's a there's a clock maker on there that it, it's just insane. But what it shows you is if you have a calling in your heart, just do it. Figure out how you can do it. If you watch that show. I mean, when I watch that show, I think I want to contact every single one of these people and I want to learn from them. I am so freaking envious of the host of this show. She's beautiful. She's very funny and she has the personality and I'm sure that that's her gift is doing a show where she's going and she's meeting all of these really cool artists. Maybe that'll be the morphing of this particular podcast eventually. I don't freaking know. But her her whole being is so cool and i'm i'm just so envious of the fact that she gets to visit all of these awesome workshops and studios and meet all of these incredible artisans it's such a cool job um and watching the show i mean just the full stop handcrafted america cannot recommend it more the other one that i think that everybody should check out is homemade it's a little more kooky, but it's a it's basically independent people creating, I guess, their fantasy home and living conditions. And some of them are more out there than others. But what it what that show will show you is that you don't have to be scared about the world receiving you. I know in our hearts we think, well, if I don't toe the line or if I don't do what this person says, they're going to reject me. You know, they're going to reject who I am and I should just shut up and I should just, you know, go along to get along and all this stuff. No, 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 no. What, what Homemade will show you is that so many of these people, they create the house of their dreams, which is these crazy wacky things sometimes sometimes the entire the entire surface of the houses that these people make are like an art piece in general and they're in these neighborhoods some of them that are that have community ordinances that have code that have all these different legal reasons why they shouldn't be allowed to do what they're doing but in the majority of the cases that you see 
the community comes together to support this wonder of, of the community that, you know, they didn't know that they had amongst them until this person just started putting their mark on the outside of their house and creating a really, really cool space. And a lot of the times what ends up happening is in order to fuel the, the expression that they have, they open it up to the public so that everybody can see what they've done. And it's truly incredible. It's truly awesome. So that's one that I, I can't recommend enough. And then this one that we just recently started watching that I find while I'm talking to Rico and we're, we're having like our morning jam session, he puts this on in the background recently and it just affixes my attention. Like I'm locked in on everything they're doing. It's called Get Growing. And it's on, it's on Roku, and it's all about how to have these small um, gardens and how to grow with, with the space that you have. And they show you all the construction that goes down and how to kind of plot out your space, you know, how to, how to formulate your grow beds, how to build your grow beds, what kind of materials to use. Um, it's really cool. Uh, I, I'm fascinated because Rico and I, he, he doesn't believe in growing flowers. He's like, why would I grow a bunch of stuff I can't eat? Which I don't even know, like half of the flowers that we grow, they might be edible. They might not be. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm in an HOA. So the thing that I keep telling him is the thing that I'm not really reinforcing for you guys, which is we're in an HOA. Like we can't really have a full scale garden here. But I think that I'm going to be less like that moving forward um, as I decorate my house moving forward. And we already do wacky things outside. We, I have all these painted rocks in front of my house that have eyeballs all over them. Just because, just because part of me is like, screw you, HOA. You know, I'm going to do what I want and be weird. So that's my weird thing is like, you have eyes watching you always around my house. And... Um, you know, I think there is something to having that kind of, you know, totem all around your house. Like, eyes literally are watching you. And so that's something that I do is I paint rocks with eyes and I put them outside my house. But I'm going to do more stuff. Like, I I think that Rico and I moving forward here, are we're going to put up a fence. And once our fence is up, man... We're really going to start doing some things to this house to make it more and more the kind of space that that we're really proud of. And I know that will, for better or for worse, raise the value of this home in ways that we can't even we can't even anticipate because um, we're both very talented people. We both love each other. I know now moving forward that he's my guy. You know, there's some things that we have to work through personality wise together because we're both very very strong willed but the more and more we go along the better that stuff gets and I just I just see all these things scaling and all this time that has been needed as very very valuable for just the exciting things that are going to be ahead for us but also for all of us I, I think it could be really really cool I'm meeting so many cool people and I, I mean, even, even the neighbor that I hit, they, they seem cool as hell. Like they're 
talented in their own right, valuable in their own right. Um, they're my neighbors for crying out loud. I mean, it's kind of cool, even though the circumstances to have met somebody that lives in my neighborhood and have the opportunity to do something that, you know, is difficult, but you know, if we're really kind and we're really nice to each other, I think everything's going to be fine and we're going to figure it out. So I guess that's how I'm going to leave you guys this week and, you know, give you three shows to check out all of them. Super awesome. And just tell everybody that like, you know, take time, take time and really, really watch what you value and grow that because I can tell you what it's it's gonna be amazing the more you do it all right diary listeners have a blessed week be awesome I know you are and I will I will definitely catch you next week I can't tell you when because I don't know yet but I will catch you next week God willing (laughs) bye everyone Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing hearing from from our our listeners. listeners.